God is continuing, continually wanting to do greater things in our lives. And often we can't fully comprehend the goodness of God. And God wants us to grasp the greater plan, the greater miracle that he wants to do. And the Bible says, taste and see, for the Lord is good. We have to begin to think throughout the day, God is good. And in fact, it's hard to say that without a smile on your face. God is good. Say it together, God is good. His grace is unlimited. His mercy meets us when we are in need of a change in our lives. We have to believe for breakthroughs, for miracles, for joy to return, for peace to be present and be a part of a greater tomorrow. Now, as Christ followers, Christ is interested in looking at our hearts, and he's looking for one thing, and that is faith. The Bible says in Luke chapter 18, verse 8, that when Jesus comes back, he will be looking for faith on the earth. Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, it is impossible to please God without faith. I'd like us to turn today to 2 Thessalonians, beginning with chapter 1, these first four verses. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's church, churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Paul has the two men that he has been discipling, Silas and Timothy. On his second itinerant missionary trip, the Apostle Paul started this congregation in Thessalonica. It was a port city in Greece. And evidently, he had been receiving reports about this church, probably on Twitter or perhaps Instagram, 
of great things that were happening. And now he writes to encourage the church there. And he says, your faith is growing more and more. And the love all of you have for one another is increasing. It's interesting when he talks about the faith growing more and more, uniquely in the Greek here, it actually means very vigorous growth. Something was happening in every person that was a part of that new congregation. Faith was not static. Faith was being enlarged in the hearts and the lives of each of those individuals. Now, our faith grows even over time with every new challenge as we are grounded in our relationship with Christ. Life is made up of battles. If you're not in a battle, you've come out of victory, there'll be another battle coming up. And so as we are confronted by every battle, our faith becomes strong so that in the battle, we're not taken out or we're not defeated And no matter how big it is, no matter how vicious it is, we are armed, we are ready to fight, and we do not fight with our own strength. We fight knowing that faith is in our heart. Our faith is not in our ability. Our faith is in God, and that God is able to do more than we can ever imagine. Hallelujah. And so we have to exercise our faith so that faith acts. In James chapter 1, we find in the Bible here, James chapter 2, verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds. I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God, cool. Even demons believe that and shudder. Must have been some Christians going around giving out faith cards, and yet there was no action to what they were saying. And James is laying it down and saying, if you have faith, you better use it. If you have faith, start doing some good things So you see action from the faith you have in your heart. You begin to act on what you know, act on the promises of God, and believe that nothing is impossible to those that believe. 
Now, faith has to be exercised. It's a little bit like the, the muscles in our body. All of us have bones, a lot of parts, and we have muscles. We all know when muscles are not exercised, they become weak, they become small, and atrophy sets in. Ultimately, muscles that are getting weak affect your body, your stance, your posture, because they help hold everything together. That's why, and I can certainly see in the 11 o'clock service, this is a group of people that frequent the gym and work on your muscles. Say that word, muscles. Now, as we all are exercising our muscles, and our muscles are getting huge, and they're getting bigger and stronger, also, our faith is to become stronger and stronger so that we're not timid, but we are confident and we are strong. And James says, you have faith, all right, show me your deeds. In life, we have all kinds of opportunities or doors that open to us. And we have to decide whether we're going to say, that is too big, that's on my list, I cannot do. Whether when it is God's will, we are standing strong and we have decided to put our faith in God, a smile on our face, and take out what appears to be an impossible assignment. I can remember many, many years ago when we had the Rock House at Calvary Assembly. It was kind of the beginning of the Jesus people movement, and uh, young people were coming to Christ all over the country, and that was the air of being on drugs. And uh, most of these individuals did not come in the church, but outside the church. I flew out to see Chuck Smith's church in California and saw literally thousands that were being baptized in water. We started a Jesus festival here, and on one occasion, I was invited to go to a Jesus festival at the Speedway in North Carolina and do one of the breakout sessions. That Friday when I arrived and got off the plane, someone came to me and said, our speaker tonight is sick. We want you to speak. <clears throat> I did not say hallelujah. <laughs> I actually said, oh my God. And uh, I was petrified, and I found myself not saying what I felt, but yes, I'd love to. As you know, every, you need some paper to start a fire, and in those days, most of us haven't heard, there were fax machines, and so I had uh, calls going into Orlando, Florida, send me some of my notes 
and I'm trying to find out what to speak on. I was standing on the stage that night and getting ready to speak and pretty nervous. And when I got up, I had never had this happen before. These are just small little lights. They had a million watts of lights coming on me. And all I could see was these lights in my face. I thought, oh my God, this is different. I can't see anybody. I tried to collect myself, look like I knew what I was doing. But within minutes, the Holy Spirit, who is the helper, was there with the bright lights, over 10,000 young people. In about five minutes, the Holy Spirit came down and faith rose in my heart, and I had a feeling I'm made for this. When the altar call was given, there were hundreds of young people that came to Christ, weeping and crying, long-haired, kids on drugs. And again, I realized, had I not stepped out to do something that I thought was impossible, I never would have enjoyed the blessing that God had for me. It's the same with every one of us. There are things that God has called us to be and to do. And most of the time, it's not the most qualified person. It's not the most gifted person. It's the person that's most available like these students that are rising up, Lauren Taylor at Apopka High School, and these, these schools are opening up clubs where Christ is being proclaimed, 17 years old, rising up and saying, I'm gonna head up this group, I'm gonna do this. Amazing how faith has power. Faith gives us courage. Faith begins to operate not in what I can do, not what I can say, not what I can accomplish, but faith begins to rise, and faith is in our hearts, and faith now becomes an act that we take on. I don't want to marginalize this morning the challenges that we are facing. I know some of them are represented here in our church family. But even in the worst circumstance, the most dire situation, when we gather together and when we find strength from the Lord and we are built up in our faith and we have people around us who speak faith, faith has a language and when you get around people that speak of the language, something begins to happen because their words begin to saturate your soul. And one day you're down and I'm up. And one day I'm down and you're up. But when we are a family, we keep everybody up because we are allowing faith to be spoken into each other's lives. And God begins to do great things. It means that we have to decide that we are going 
to stretch ourselves. We are going to decide that I'm going to stand on this promise. I'm going to act on the promise. And that what God says, God means. And God wants us to take personally the promises of God, where it says in Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all of our needs in the riches, in the glory of Christ Jesus. We have to declare, I'm stepping out. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm not backing down. I'm not giving in. I'm not letting this mountain take me out. I am not by myself in this battle. I am not alone as I face the mountain. I am standing strong and I'm gonna wipe out the enemy and I'm gonna let him know who he is and what he can't do in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, give the Lord a better. What is, a, what is the Lord asking you to do? You're sitting here, you're 13 years old. Or maybe you're sitting here, you're a little older. What does God ask you to do? Where is it you need to step out? Sometimes it's in a job. You've been in that job long enough, it's time to step out. Sometimes a crisis will come into being and God arranges it that you're the person to help pull the, play, the company out of that situation. Let me ask you, what is God asking you to do? And are you backing down? Because you don't feel like you can do it. Maybe you're like Gideon where God says, I want you to come in and I want you to be the leader to conquer all these enemies to Israel. And the angel spoke to Gideon and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That's what he says to you today. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Say that with me. The Lord. That was an echo. I want you to say it like you mean it and think of the person next to you and say it to one of them. Say, the Lord, say it like you mean it louder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Bless the Lord. So often, when Jesus was discipling his leaders, he called them out regarding their faith. In one circumstance, the disciples had prayed for a young man, a boy, who was bound by evil powers. When they got done praying, nothing happened. Then Jesus came, the father brought the boy, and the boy was instantly set free. The next day, 
his leaders come to Jesus and they said, what's up? You prayed and we prayed, but there were two different outcomes. Don't you like people that are in your face? There's always someone around that's in your face. They are truth tellers. And most of the time, they tell you what you don't want to hear. Are there any truth tellers here in the building? Okay, one, two, three, four. Does that mean everyone's a liar? Um, what's, how many are truth tellers? We ought always to be truth tellers. And Jesus, being a truth teller, said basically this very simple thing. He says, guys, you don't have enough faith. And then he says, if you just have a little faith, like a mustard seed, then you can stand up and you can say to the mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. And Jesus makes this astounding statement that we shouldn't drive past. And he says, I want you to read with me, nothing would be impossible. I want you to stop for a moment at that really hit you, nothing would be impossible. So what Jesus was saying, you need to have just a little faith and that little mustard seed grows into a big tree and it will do really big things. So when we begin to utilize the faith that we have and we begin to say, to speak to the mountains, to obey what God tells us to do, the impossible becomes possible and we begin to be a mountain mover. We begin to be people that don't walk around with shoulders that are slumping, and we walk around as men and women of God, confident of who we are, that we are a new creation, and we are out to take out every enemy. We are not backing down. We are armed. We are a fighter. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says that we have to fight the good fight of faith. And when we pray and it doesn't happen, then we come back and we begin to thank God for it again. And we begin to praise God. And it may take longer than we want to see, but it will happen. And if God has said it, we have to hold on to what God has said, and we cannot give in to the enemy. And you may have prayed for years for a son or a daughter, and you don't see it. Now, wait a minute, you do see it by faith, 
and God has answered your prayer. It hasn't been manifested, but you stand on it. And sometimes we have to stop asking and we have to come to a point where we see the answer and we begin to thank God that it is answered in Jesus' name. And we begin to see the miracle. We begin to take our stand and we begin to get confident in the Lord and in fact, begin to tell people people around us that we believe that our son or daughter has come to Christ in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we are not being taken out by our circumstance. And you may be here on this morning and you are discouraged. Well, today we're speaking the language of faith. So now faith is coming and you're going to be picked up in Jesus' name. Faith, faith grows. Faith acts. And the Bible says faith comes. Faith comes, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. One Greek word for word is the word logos. In that verse, it is rhema. It means that as you begin to read the scriptures and you begin to wait on God, that there is the Holy Spirit that makes that come alive and you receive a rhema word or a word that is for you for that day or for your life. Like the other morning, sitting in my chair, I read 1 Samuel 12, 16. And that verse has become so powerful. Now stand here and see the great things the Lord is about to do. When you begin to get a promise and it's a rhema word. And that rhema word comes in your heart. And now faith is built stronger. Faith is not in my mind. Faith is not in my emotions. Faith is in my heart, my spirit being. Often, because our hearts are hard, we hear audibly, but we're like a person who can't walk. We can't hear spiritually. Life has a way of being hard and rough on all of us. The story we heard of Justin a moment ago about his mother. And we, our hearts are broken and hurt and hurt. The profound thing about sin is not only we don't please God and we do the wrong thing, but one of the biggest things about sin is it hardens our heart. So that now you can read the Bible, it's like reading Geographic Magazine. You can come to a service 
And it's like your brain is trying to get into what's happening. Your heart is hard. So it doesn't matter whether you come or go because you can't get anything. See, it's one thing for the word to go out. It's another thing to receive. And I don't receive it in my mind. Most of us were a course into education. And education, for the most part, is our mind. It's about knowing information and facts to pass the next exam. But this is about your heart. And then the renewed mind is to do what God says. But when my heart is hard, it's like if I tried to plant a seed on this stage and I dropped the seed, all of us would know we'd sweep it up. So that I have to, I have to watch over my heart because Unforgiveness, concrete. Sinful behavior, concrete. And it gets harder and harder, especially when a person is around Christianity and have a hard heart. It's like nothing, nothing is able to change your life. A verse that I've used for years is Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, where it says, plow up the hard ground of your heart. And I have used that often and told people. And some time ago, the Lord said, Alex, I want you to plow up the hard ground of your heart. Because all of us have little places where we've gotten hard. We no longer cry. We no longer feel the presence of the Lord because we've, we've hardened our heart. And no one can deal with that but you, you are the custodian of your heart. And what happens to your heart, whether you go through your whole life, like Justin, went to an encounter, what really happened there? The Lord did a work on his heart. And when that happens, you can grow. But if the heart is hard, then we'll never be able to enter into all that God has for us. So I've been praying in fact, I kind of carry around the verse. And I can be wherever, and I'm saying, Lord, I don't know where the hardness is, but plow it up. So I'm more sensitive to the Spirit. I'm more receptive to what God is saying. Because when I sit in my chair early in the morning, I am not there to read my Bible. I'm there to open that Bible and hear from God. And by the way, I'm using my mind and I'm reading. But it's not the, reading is not the, reading is for your brain. But when the Holy Spirit is there and you open your Bible and you begin to wait on the Lord and you say, Lord, speak to me this morning. I'm gonna read my Bible and all of a sudden, you come to a verse, and that verse becomes a rhema word for you, and it's another part of your reservoir of life in your heart. And what happens then we all come alive in Christ, because he says here, plow up the hard ground, and the next line is, for it's time now to seek the Lord, because if you're not plowed up 
and you seek the Lord, nothing's going to happen. This is a prerequisite. And I'm asking you, what, what has happened in your life? Some things are obvious. Unforgiveness, the cost. I, I really, I, I have not allowed unforgiveness in my life uh, because I believe it's probably one of the most destructive things to stop me. Just from the standpoint of the cost of cutting off. And I don't know why I mentioned there's some here that you have unforgiveness. If you do that, you won't hear. You won't hear the way you need to hear because there are things to be said. I can tell you, I'm picking things up in the spirit I never used to pick up. I'm seeing things I've never seen before. I'm able to be a, a step ahead of the enemy, 10 steps ahead of the enemy, and I'm not allowing the enemy to beat, beat me up like a soccer ball. I'm after this guy, and I'm gonna take him out in every area of my life in the name of Jesus because I've decided that I wanna have a soft heart. Now, when we came this morning, we were believing for miracles in this room. And today is not another Sunday. We talk in this place about revival, and revival is about our hearts, and it's about walking in faith and obeying the Lord. And God wants to do miracles in every single service where the people that come in that are depressed, you hear the word of God, and God quickens you, and you get up, and you get in your car, and you take off out of here and say, praise God, I got my victory back. There are also miracles that he wants to do that are physical. Dr. Cho from Korea was in a church one time in America, I believe it was. And during the service, there was some man, he was like going back and forth in the church. And they got in the car, he said, you know, I don't understand this this guy back there, he's like moving all over the place. Pastor paused for a minute. He said, well, he, had, he hasn't walked in 10 years. But he was in worship and something said, get out of your wheelchair. And he got pretty pumped. And he started walking back and forth. What do you need to get out of? What do you need to get out of? Maybe it's not a wheelchair. What do you need to get out of? Today is your day to get out. And maybe it will be your day to get out of the wheelchair. Maybe it's your day to get off of oxygen. Maybe it's the day for you to say, I'm not living like I've lived all my life. There's a better life for me, and I'm not going to have this kind of life. I'm getting out, not of a wheelchair. I'm getting out of my chair of my own life. I'm getting out. What do you have to get out of? And I can tell you, if you decide to get out, get out of your slothfulness. I don't have time to read my Bible. Time is not the issue. Most of the time, it's your heart, and it's my heart. Well, I'm too busy. Too busy to eat? Too busy to breathe? No. Ladies and gentlemen, it has to do, 
it does have time. We have kids, yes, all that. We know that. My heart wants to love God with all my heart. What would happen? Church in the sun, all these thousands of people passionate about Jesus. Passionate. After the Red Sea was parted, Moses wrote and he said, Who is like, who is like you? Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deed, deeds, doing wonders? God, come and do wonders. Our nation will not change because of Washington only. It's going to take churches that rise up where we are convinced Jesus is right and we need him. Now we're gonna... Jesus is the Lion of Judah. We're gonna sing this. I wanna ask no one to leave unless it's an emergency because all heaven is coming down and no one is safe. Who is like the Lord God Almighty? The lion and the lamb. I'm going to ask everybody to stay for a few minutes. You want to stand? You can. You don't have to. I want us to sing. That. Go ahead. Come a little closer here. Start it. Yes, the lion and the lamb.
in our midst. Shatter the darkness. Shatter every principality. Every stop, every force that stops believers here. We crush the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. We enter into spiritual power in the name of Jesus. We command, we command, we command every spirit of depression leaves in the name of Jesus. We come against the spirit of defeat in the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of heaviness. I command you let God's people go in the name of Jesus. We declare we are not bound. We declare I come against religious spirits that have knowledge but have no heart in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would crash every one of our hearts. Take away every stronghold in the name of Jesus. God, I call for revival in this church like we have never had before, that our services are, are full of the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I come against every principality in the name of Jesus. We declare victory. Say this together, in the name of Jesus. Say it louder, in the name of Jesus. I stand as God's person. Satan, you do not have authority over me. I command you let go of my life. Holy Spirit, come down upon me. Let me be filled with the power. And lift your hands and begin to shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 services, we always give an opportunity for friends to experience Jesus. On the cross, Christ was taking our sins, our sicknesses, our pain that we could have a new life. And he came 
and he called people to come. No matter what our background is, how we've messed up our lives, because before we come to Christ, all of us have gone the wrong way, down the dark road, and Christ, with love in his voice, and the tenderness in his spirit by grace reaches his hand out and he says I know what you've done but you are so valuable that's why I went to the cross so you could have a new life where guilt condemnation shame is reeking we feel very small Christ wants to make us big with his love and forgiveness you haven't gone too far. You say, you don't know what I've done, but Christ does. And he still beckons you and he says, son, I'll forgive you. I'll give you a new life. How can you put in words this wonderful, amazing grace? Just a moment, when I count to three at the end of that, if you say, listen, pray for me. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to ask you to be really courageous with your life and get out because there is an evil person just like we saw this last week. Two very well-known, very famous, very successful people got up one morning, one on Tuesday, one end of this week, and they took their lives because money, success, and fame never can give me what I need in my heart. Only Christ can. Being in a movie, being honored, getting awards, getting degrees, because the human heart needs Jesus. And our hearts are always searching until we find him. Don't leave here a disciple of the evil one who now has you in his grip and you get out and you do it today. And we will stand with you. And we will see you have real freedom. I'm going to count to three. I hope there'll be a lot of courageous people that just, when you put your hand up, you just say, I'm getting out of this life. One, two, three. Put up your hand wherever you are. You're getting out all over this building. I'm going to ask... I'm going to ask every person, I'm going to ask every person, no one moving for a moment, I'm going to ask every person that raised your hand, get out of your chair, just stand right here for a minute. We're going to have a one-minute prayer before we go. Get out of your chair. Make a public commitment. Come. From the balcony, walk down. Come right now, wherever you are. Come. Come. Come to Christ. Come right now. Come right now. Walk this aisle. Yes. 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 Come. Come right now. Come to Christ right now, in Jesus' name. That's it, that's it. That's it, who else, who else? 
That's right, from the balcony. Keep coming, keep coming. Yes. Yes. They're still coming. I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to do it in a second. This is a, a little awkward if you're a guest. So if you're a guest, don't do this. But uh, I want us just in a second, ask somebody, do you need Jesus? And if they do, walk down here with them. That's a little awkward, isn't it? Do it anyway. Somebody may come to Christ. Keep coming. Keep coming. Walk down the aisle with them right now. Walk down the aisle, wherever you are, in Jesus' name. Come right now. People come to Christ. There are more to come. There are more to come. There are more to come. Who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord? There are, there are backsliders here. You get out. Get out of where you are. Be courageous today. Get out of where you are. Yes, yes. Get out of where you are. Come to Christ right now. Who is like the Lord Almighty? Who is like the Lord Almighty? Backsliders. It's amazing all these people come to Jesus. The Bible says when one person comes to Christ, the angels throw a party upstairs. We're celebrating. We're going to pray this prayer. We're going to pray this prayer. Thank you for coming. And right after this prayer, Pastor Dave is here. He's going to slip to the side, give you a little more information. Your next step is to openly declare declaration through water baptism. Your life belongs to Christ. This is your day to be forgiven. You're watching online. You can pray this prayer. And so everyone pray this prayer. Please say it out loud. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you, that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and he is alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, your gift of righteousness, eternal life. You prayed that prayer from your heart. You are in the family, in the family. Go ahead.